everybody, my name is Remy. Welcome to the For the Love podcast with your host, Jen Hatmaker, my mom. She writes books and speaks to crowds, but she mostly loves talking to amazing people on this podcast every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, Jen Hatmaker here, your host of the For the Love podcast. Welcome to the show today. Oh, man, we got it. We just got some good stuff for you. You're going to be glad you listened today. We're starting a brand new series that me and my team are pumped about. <laughs> we've been geeking out over it for months as we've been getting it ready um, because it's very near and dear to us, obviously. Um, and because you listen to this podcast, we think you are going to love it also. We think you're going to love hearing from other people who are bringing us information and news and humor and drama and conversation through this medium that we have all come to know and love so well. So welcome as we begin a new series called For the Love of Podcasts. Yay, we are doing it. So many great podcasts out there, so many great podcasters that we are going to be talking to. Uh, You know why I got into podcasting? Because I love them. So there, that's mystery solved. Um, For me, and and we're going to talk about this today with my guest, there's something very magical about Um, popping in your headphones while you do the most boring and mundane things while you are driving, while you are walking, while you're folding laundry, whatever's you're doing. Uh, Because after a minute, voila, suddenly you are transported into a new space, into a new conversation. You are inventing chores. Um, You're driving around the block so you can keep listening to your show. Been there, done that, love it. I cannot tell you what it means to me that you come back and you listen to this show every single week and that you tell your friends and family about it and that you say such kind things in your reviews. I can't tell you how much it matters. As a creator who is also a podcast nerd, I want to, in this series, to share other shows you should absolutely know about. Um, Some of them you will, some of them I'll probably introduce you to both awesome. So we are going to talk to some of the creative minds behind what we think are some truly amazing podcasts out there. And I think you're going to love it as much as I am loving talking to them. So speaking of amazing up first, I'm really excited for you to meet our first guests in this series. I'm welcoming to the show today, Sharla Lariston and Lauren Domino. And these are the two amazing brains behind the pretty new podcast called The Secret Lives of Black Women. And if you have not heard about this, I need you to go subscribe right now. Um, These women are having smart and nuanced conversations about what it means to be black and a woman in America right now. Um, I mean, they're they're going all into these spaces, sex, body, um, fear, courage, identity, it's really, really full of important and fascinating content. So engaging. So Sharla is a stand-up comic and a TV writer, and Lauren is a producer and writer. Um, so already, I'm already into the way their minds are working and the work they've chosen. They're longtime friends. Well, they've been friends, I think they said about seven years. And they're incredibly talented and creative And we're going to hear all about what makes them tick, uh, because this is a really great podcast they're putting out into the world. And so the mission of their show is to sniff out the secrets that, in their words, have helped Black women flourish through the BS. 
And so in every episode, they host an expert and they have very real, very raw conversations about about very big topics, like I mentioned earlier, um, power and fear and sex, being black in a room of white people. Um, they talk about depression, rage, anxiety, self-care, all these really important things. And they're really funny, obviously. Um, so I look up to these women and I'm, I'm impressed with the way that they're stepping out right now with their powerful voices. They're true leaders um, in this area. And if you're new to them, I can't wait for you to meet them. We really go in today, um, in our discussion. And I mean, at one point I had just goosebumps all the way down to my toes. Charla's crying. I'm feel like I'm want to stand on my seat and cheer just some really, really great stuff in here today. Glad you're here. Welcome to this new series. And so I'm very pleased to share with you my conversation with the brilliant, the talented ladies behind the Secret Lives of Black Women podcast, Sharla Larston and Lauren Domino. Okay, Sharla and Lauren, I am so happy to meet you. Welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you, for you having so us. much for having us. Yeah, you guys, we really like you in like gin hatmaker team world. Um, I, I love what it is you do and how you do it. Um, and so I've, I've told my listeners already a little bit about who you are. Um, but I wonder if you can first kind of like introduce yourself so they can, my listeners can figure out what voice goes with who. Um, and then would you just roll it back with me to when you guys first met and take us back to that day? Go ahead, Lauren. <laughs> I, love, I love that you're just you're tossing it to me yeah uh my name is lauren and i am a writer and a producer based in new orleans and charlotte do you want to introduce yourself and then i will go into how we met yeah, yeah you can tell lauren and i are really trying to get used to not talking over each other <laughs> this is what we've learned from doing a podcast um i'm charla i'm based in la and i'm a television writer and comedian Right on. Okay. And so how is it that you are connected? How did you meet? Yeah. So we met many, many, many moons ago, maybe like seven years. It's time. Time is a question mark. Um, But we both worked at the same office and uh, it wasn't love at first sight. Uh, Tell me more. It was, was, I think it was just like busy. (laughs) Well, it was busyness. I really wanted to be Charlotte's friend. (laughs) Um, cause we were two of three black women in our office and it was a gradual process of like getting to know one another. And I think, I mean, the moment that I can say our friendship really started, like we worked in the same space and we were like work colleagues where it would be like, hi, hello, how are you? Like pleasantries, but not, not a friendship. And then one day we had to do a work event. And we left at the same time and we both looked at each other and we're like, we hate this job. I hate (laughs) Yes, a common enemy. And it was just this beautiful moment of like, I felt like I had this deep, dark secret (laughs) that I felt bad about not liking this job. And when Charlotte admitted that she didn't, and we both, I think we're doing a good (laughs) job at that point of like masking our disdain or dissatisfaction. So that was the moment. And then after that, every day we would get falafel for lunch and sit outside and just talk about everything that we were going to do when we left that we have done actually. Mm. That's amazing. Um, there is just nothing like 
a shared hatred of your career and falafel to just bring the world together. <laughs> That's what we need. Um, I really, well, we're going to get into it. I really like your show. I, I like you guys together so much. I'm so happy um, that you discovered that you were friends and should be friends because your chemistry is really great. And I like the way that you are together so much. Tell, um, tell us a little bit about the moment that you decided, you know what, let's start a podcast. Like this is the thing we're doing next. Whose idea was that? And were you both immediately on board here or did you kind of have to wrestle it around a little bit? Um, so I had wanted to start a podcast, um, for, I think two years at, at, at a certain point, like I, in, in particular, after the last election, I just felt really compelled to kind of speak up. Uh, and I felt that I, I just felt like I didn't have a mechanism to speak up in the way that I wanted, even though I'm a stand-up comedian and that was something that I was doing, but I just, I had, I didn't want to make jokes. I thought we were in a time that wasn't particularly funny. Right. And it really made me want to just speak seriously and speak honestly about the mm -hmm. fears that I was having and just, you know, connect with other black women in particular. And, um, I didn't, I started a podcast with another comedy friend of mine and she was great, but we just, you know, you know, frankly, she wasn't black. And mm, yeah. I want to say that specifically because I, I felt that this was a time that like, I felt like I was doing a lot of explaining to her about the right. fears that I was having and, mm. you know, and I was having to do a lot of like, but it's not you, but it's okay, but sure. it's not your fault. Yeah. And I was yeah. having to yeah. do a lot of comforting her yeah. in a time where I know a lot of people are scared, but I, but I think that there is, there is a particular, um, there's a little bit of a unconscious bias, you know, there's right. a little bit of an unseen you know, it's hard to talk about privilege. It's hard to unpack that. And it's even harder to do it with your close friends. And this was a really close and good friend of mine. And it still didn't feel right. And I've always, so we tried that podcast. I I did a few um, test episodes and I didn't like where it was going and I didn't like how I was feeling about it. And I'm the kind of person that always goes with how I feel, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so I put it away for, I think, a year or two. Yeah. And then Lauren and I reconnected because she was doing some stuff out in L.A. and she didn't tell me about it. And I was very oh. upset. <laughs> I heard about it through other people. And she had a Terrible. meeting. Yeah, she was she she uh, she talked Terrible, about but also friends. Yeah. <laughs> A byproduct of anxiety, but yeah. continue. <laughs> which she has, but do carry on. Yes, which we both share, you know, so yeah. I totally understood. So we ended up having uh, dinner at an Indian restaurant in Culver City that I really loved when, when Lauren was out here. And I kind of just poured my heart out to her. I just told her, like, I told her I was mad at her for not telling me what she was up to and having to hear about her project from another f source. <laughs> Um, yes. I told her that I was in a place in my life where I was feeling very, um, uninspired and, um, unfulfilled and I want to do something and I want to make something and I want to make it with people that I think are, think have the same kind of, you know, you know, goals as I do. I, I feel like I just want to make something with black women, frankly, uh -huh. And not even just black women, but with Lauren specifically, because Lauren is really sharp and she's really smart and she's a really hard worker and she's, you know, she brings so much to anything that she's a part of. So I asked her if she would develop it with me and we started working on it. 
at the time I was writing on another podcast. I didn't even know that narrative podcasts existed yeah. <laughs> and I had written on one. And I'm also the kind of person who not only goes with my feelings, but who always see, who always makes opportunities out of opportunities. And I was just like, if I'm writing on a podcast, then that means it's possible to pitch a podcast. And yep. I'm a TV writer and I've pitched TV shows. So I was just like, I, that means we could sell a podcast and I want to have one ready for when, mm. when I'm done working on this. And so Lauren and I got to work. Yep. And of course she did exactly what I knew she would do, which was bring so much to anything, you know, mm. like we very much created the show together um, we really wanted it to be like, we're, we're children of Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Same. That's our mom. Yeah. That were very much brought up by Oprah. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I'm a fan of Brene Brown. Lauren and I are both fans. Like we, we both watched Brene's new Netflix special. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted to, we wanted to be very intentional about what we brought to this podcast. We wanted it to be a special place. We, we, feel like people dismiss podcasts as if they're nothing, you know? And I'm just like, but this is a platform for people. This is something we can connect with this. We can be vulnerable here with each other. We can create a space for each other and for other people. We can, we can help ourselves and help people with this thing. And that's really what I wanted to do. And I'm really glad. I'm really Mm -hmm. proud of what we've made. I'm really happy with where we are. And I, I really want it to, to, um, to get even deeper into that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with you on the powerful potential of podcasts Yeah, and this, this space that they create. So if maybe at the genesis of the podcast movement, if maybe it was just more entertainment or whatever was kind of catching traction at the time, at this point, podcasts are very much moving the needle forward in a lot of important conversations. And it's exciting to be a part of it. And it's just a, it's a medium that I am, I really believe in, obviously. Um, and I'm yeah. so happy you guys do too. One thing I love is, you know, you've called the show that five o'clock call to your friend to mm-hmm. go, what just happened today? And like, can you affirm I'm not losing it? Like, tell me I'm not crazy. And so <laughs> Um, I, I like this. I wonder if you can talk a little bit more about that and what it is that you want your show to be for your audience specifically. Yeah, I think for, for us, we really wanted the podcast to be like these conversations that we were having with each other. So when we, you know, reconnected in LA and we had this talk, it was a lot of talk about like, fears, a lot of talks about like our futures and perceived thoughts of like success versus non-success. And we just got really real and deep with each other. And we walked away from that conversation feeling seen yes, and heard and like that our experience was validated. And we, mm. that makes you feel good and you can walk with like, you know, just a greater sense of purpose and understanding that you're not alone in the world. And we yeah. were experiencing that like, you know, I experienced that with my other black female friends and we are like, yeah. we want our audience to step into or listen to these conversations or just like be like they're in the room and their friends mm-hmm. are talking and they're like, whoa, I'm not the only person that's like mm-hmm. going through this experience or like, yes, you know, so that, that affirmation of like, you're not alone, you're not going crazy. Like being a black woman in this world, it's filled with so much joy, but it's also very hard. And it's like how you navigate all of those spaces can be, can be challenging. And just, you know, to create a space for 
Black women specifically, of course, other people can listen and enjoy, but for Black women to see themselves and see Mm. their experiences reflected. I really appreciate what you just said. And in my opinion, I've of course listened to your show. And I think the reason that your vision is coming to life, or at least in part, um, that you are accomplishing your goal for your podcast is because the two of you are so vulnerable. And I detect no um, facade and anything that you're saying and, um, was really, um, impressed and moved by how genuinely you talk about difficult things in your own personal lives. And so, you know, I've always just felt like vulnerability is contagious in a good way. I just want to say, I feel like, um, I think it's a, I think we were very intentional about that. And I think it's because I personally think it's a really important time. Like we're 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 in a really important time right now where it doesn't um benefit us to to hide. You know, it doesn't benefit us to not be completely transparent. It doesn't benefit us as much I'm doing this as much for me as I am for the people that are listening. Like I don't want to hide anymore. I want to say how I feel. I want to be vocal about how I'm feeling. You know, so it's just like this is as much of a hey, here I am. I'm alive and this is how I want to live in the world. This is the kind of world I would like. This is what it's like for me to be out in the world. You know, and I feel like I go about it in that way of this is not just for people. I think this is very important in this time that we're facing right now to be vocal and to be honest, as honest as possible, because Mm. because I think it's really important for us right now. I agree. I couldn't agree more. To be your full self. But I also want to say that, like, you know, vulnerability is actually really scary. And I don't want to just like project this thing that it's so easy to go Mm -hmm. out there and be like, we're sharing all of these deep, dark things. And it's an easy thing to do. Like, I want to be honest and transparent that like a lot of times we are like vulnerable and open and honest. And then we will get in Charlotte's car after taping and just cry with each other and Mm. be like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Well, even- even more honestly, Jen, like sometimes we'll listen back and we'll be like, oh no, that's coming out. Totally. <laughs> like, oh no, I do not want however many listeners to hear totally. this. I'm not ready for this. You know, like, and we're we're very much we're doing we're playing it by ear. We're doing it, we're tr- we're being vulnerable in the studio because we're there alone with each other. Um, but then when we listen back, we're just like, are we ready for that? Like, are we ready for the consequences of honesty, of vulnerability? Are we ready for the consequences of of letting other people fully see us? And, you know, we're trusting it more and more, but but we've definitely, I've definitely taken stuff yeah. out. <laughs> and it's been, well, and it's been a process of figuring yeah. out, like, what to share, but ultimately like deciding, okay, well, this is certain things are too personal and not an important and vital part of the conversation and our vulnerability, right? There's certain things that should be kept private. Yeah, Um, exactly. I think you're saying that, that, because there's a difference between secrecy and privacy. Those are not the same things. And we still are afforded privacy in some places. To me, that just shows maturity and discretion sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. But thanks for talking about the cost to that because there is one. It's not, that's not, you're not lying. And some of it's like a personal cost that just feels so raw to have said some things into the world that they're going to now hear. And some of it's real. I mean, you, you guys talk about some really challenging things. And so I have no doubt that at some point you get 
pushback or critique or you're challenged at some point and that goes with it. It's like a package deal, but there is a cost to it. And um, I appreciate you paying it because I, I think the the results are powerful in the community of black women specifically, and then even broader out in the community of women who are all trying to yeah. find their voices and yeah. be, be heard and be strong. We just, we're in desperate need of leaders like you. And I wish there was just a hundred more yesterday. Oh, man. Um, that really, thank you for saying that we, all these compliments are really making my morning. I appreciate Seriously. <laughs> I like, so I so needed them, but there's like an important, you, you mentioned the word strong. And I think that there is also strength in being vulnerable and admitting like that you're not strong all the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's something that, you know, was a learning process for me that it's sometimes it's okay to take like the step back and be like, oh, I'm really sad about this thing and not being strong all the time. And I think that that is a greater strength that we are finding within ourselves and have the ability to share. Mm, Totally. So question. When's the last time you slowed down to check in with your mental health? Maybe you've been feeling stuck and think, I really should go talk to someone. But finding the right person, it seems so daunting and your schedule is so busy. The time does not materialize on your calendar. But you know what? Help can now come to you thanks to BetterHelp Counseling. So BetterHelp can connect you to a licensed therapist or counselor online so you can get help whenever and wherever you need it. You can talk to your counselor via phone, text, chat, video, however it's convenient for you. And your sessions are, of course, absolutely private and secure. And if you don't connect with your counselor, you can easily switch to a new one at no charge at all. I am a huge advocate for counseling and BetterHelp is a really convenient, affordable way to find the help you need today. This is a brave choice. And they're giving my listeners 10% off their first month with the code for the love. So just go to betterhelp.com slash for the love, and then use the code for the love and get started right now. Okay, everybody back to the show. One thing that I love about your show is the way you want to know how the black women that you admire stay, as you say, incredibly phenomenal. Love mm-hmm. that phrase. Um, so I'm curious. Um, and of course it's a super long list, so you can just select it however you want, but who are some of the black women that you really admire right now? Who are the ones that you are paying deep attention to and following kind of in their wake and really glad to be learning from? I love everyone we've had on our show so far, but there are so many people <laughs> we haven't yeah. even talked to yet that I'm kind of dying to talk to, you know, and, and yeah. a lot of them, I don't even know if they would be, uh, okay with it. <laughs> sure. I'm but, of course. Uh, for, I mean, I'm really paying attention to Letitia James right now. She's the New York attorney general. Letitia James is probably my favorite and most more widely known. Like there are a lot of people that 
people don't really know. <laughs> you know, they're not like popular people. Yeah. Uh, they're not celebrities. It's just the people doing the day to day grind of making this place better for everybody. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. Have you asked her? Have you pitched it yet? I have tried. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually w- wonder if with her job, if she would even be able to come on a podcast, because mm-hmm. I mean, I would want to talk about things that are a little bit more personal. Sure. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we're trying, we're trying to get yeah. all these people. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, like my dream guest is, uh, Adrian Marie Brown, who was like an author and an activist. She has a book, um, emergent strategy and pleasure activism. And it's just, it's truly both have rocked my world in such a deep sense and changed the way in which I see myself and like pleasure. And I just want to pick her brain because I think that she's just doing it and living her authentic truth. And it's great to see someone who you admire and their whole ethos, like they're the process of questioning and like unfolding. And that is where I feel like I'm at in my life. So she's a dream guest. And then of course there's like Oprah. Right. Sure. Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama. But I feel like my community, like guys, who are we, who do we want? (laughs) 100% of the time you got to get Michelle Obama. I'm like, let me just call her. (laughs) <laughs> Let me just, just email her. We I all mean, want to talk to her. Because like, what yeah. an incredible life, you know? Um, what an incredible story. Those two uh, are the, like, dream, yeah. dream. But I feel like if we were to get Michelle Obama and Oprah, it would be like, Oprah, it would maybe be, like, five minutes off air of, like, me crying and hyperventilating, yeah. just being <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd have to have probably a strong drink before right. I started that interview, just mm-hmm. to calm my nerves. Yeah. I would just tell Oprah I manifested this. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk to, oh, like, there's so many people. Michaela uh, Cole. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk to Nia Long. <laughs> yeah, I like your list. Uh, I'm, I'm, I want to talk to Chimamanda Ngozi. She's talked a lot, but I, I feel like I want to just have, like, a really personal conversation with her i feel like those are the more bigger name people but there are tons of like people doing you know god's work yeah like just down on the ground yeah that's exactly right i've learned just as much um from just sort of the lay people if you will in my life as the as the headliners but it doesn't mean we don't want to talk to oprah let's get serious yeah um (laughs) so Love to have a sister. I would. I really want to have a joint conversation with Solange and Beyonce, because we want to do some sister episodes. And I'm just like, why not two of the most famous the sisters? Most famous sisters. Why not? But I think or not Venus even the famous, but their dynamic. Absolutely, mm-hmm. Venus and Serena. I feel oh, yeah. like the dynamic of famous sisters is really important, right? Because mm-hmm. like we we live in a culture that can easily pit us against each other. We live in a very capitalist. Mm-hmm. Um, competitive culture and it's like you see the sisters that really build each other up the ones that encourage each other and it's good competition and not the kind of competition that you know breaks someone down Mm. i think i like that idea i like the sisters idea you guys should push into that um (laughs) you you're a young podcast um but you 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 came out of the gate pretty hardcore i mean your first episode is titled being a black face in a white space. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you're just going ham just right away. Um, why was it important for you? Cause I'm sure you discussed at length how to start. What's our, how are we going to roll this out to our community? Why was it important for you to start there? 
I actually would give a little bit of credit to our producer, not a little bit, a lot of credit wow. to our producer, Stephanie Karayuki, who just immediately understood what we were trying to do. Um, and, and it's important to say that Stephanie is a black woman as well. And I think that because we had, we had intentionality about the kind of project, not just like what we wanted to do, but why we wanted to do it. You know, like, why do we want to do a podcast with black women for black women, particularly right now? You know, and it's just like that. I felt a sense of urgency and I feel like Stephanie felt it as well. And she's the one who picked Bari, <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. I, I didn't know Bari before mm -hmm. this podcast. Um, she's the one that thought it would be a good interview to have. And it turned out to be an excellent interview. Yeah. And it was our very first interview. It was the very, mm. it, it was one of the very, we did a test episode that we ended up not using, but Bari mm -hmm. was, um, officially our first interview. So, yeah. so I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, mean, I think that it was so important for us because it is our origin story. Like it's the genesis of how we met. We worked mm -hmm. in a predominantly white it's workspace true. and that's how we connected of being like, Oh, is mm -hmm. this like racism? Am I crazy? Yeah. Am I just like not doing my job good enough? Mm -hmm. And that's questions that a lot of black women face in the workplace. And so it just really made sense of being like, this is who we are. Yeah. This is how we met. And this is like, we know that this is a subject that a lot, a lot of people face. Yeah, totally. I'm sure you're hearing this from your community. We are. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This me yeah. too response. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Us too. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going backwards a step, but I'm curious because obviously, as you've mentioned, you've both written and produced other really smart and engaging projects. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about what, how some of those, that creative work that you've done informed the way that you created this podcast or did it? Um, did you, did. what did you pull from some of the stuff you've done to say, and maybe it was even a matter of saying, we don't want it like this. Um, yeah. So whichever way it went. I, I think that was, it was definitely, I don't, what I don't want. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Because, because television can be a very frustrating place, particularly when you're trying to create television shows, because ultimately you're, you're an employee of your own show, you know, like right. you don't, you don't really own it. Um, you have to get all these, it, it's somebody else's money it's somebody else's, it can easily become somebody else's vision. And I think television is really filled with dinosaurs sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the people at the top, a lot of the people that are deciding, they're really, they're making fear-based decisions. They don't really know what's going to work. Like the shows that have been the most successful over the last 20 years have been shows that were, you know, um, they were declined at certain networks and they went to a different network and yeah. then they really worked at that net, you know, like it's yeah. just, and I found that TV is just so slow. Mm. <laughs> like it takes like over a year, sometimes, sometimes two years to develop yeah. a project. And, yeah. and even after that, it might not even go. That's right. It's just too, <laughs> it's, it's just, there's no immediacy to it. There's no sense of real ownership. I feel like it really mm. gets taken away. I feel like, and frankly, I did. I really was attracted to podcasts because I'm always attracted to the thing that people are are who people think aren't important. And TV mm. still has not caught up to the idea that podcasts are important. Like even my representatives at the time were just like, 
they acted like a podcast is no big deal. And I was just like, there's huge potential here. (laughs) And I was just like, the fact that you guys don't see potential makes me want to do it even more. Right. Because I'm just like, because you got, and and I'm just like, because that means that I get to do whatever I want. That means I get to, I get to, to really do whatever I want. I get to, I have, I don't have to ask anyone for notes. I don't have to wait for notes from anybody. Nobody else owns it. I own it. And like we own it, you know, but but like, but it's not about, um, and like, I, I feel like I I came at it from a little bit of a different place from Lauren, because I've just been trying, I've just, I'm really tired of having to wait for other people to tell me what I can Mm. and can't do. And it it just drives me crazy. And I was just like, and it just makes me want to do more of that, of this. I love, I love this. (laughs) It's my favorite thing I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and I want to, I want to make more of this feeling of Mm. this feeling of me getting to do what I want to do, getting to, to, to own my project for real, you know, like getting to really push the envelope and not having to really sign off from anyone but myself and from Lauren and from our producer. Like I, I absolutely love this project. I absolutely love the team that we've built. Like I'm obsessed with it and I want more of this and less mm-hmm. of the other stuff. Yeah. Hey, here, Gosh. here. That's yeah. good. That's a manifesto right there. It is. I, girl, I have written it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It is. Oh. I think like creative control over yes. your content is, is underestimated. I mean, it is, that is really powerful and it's also quick. And that's one thing I love about podcasts too, is they can zig and zag with whatever's going on. Right. And right. you just don't have to wait. You're not a cog in somebody else's wheel, exactly. which yeah. by the, by the time you get to the finished product of that, so many people have touched it. Just who even knows where it began and what it ended exactly. up as. And so this I'm, I'm with you. Like we, um, my assistant and my producer and I, we have just this running, everything. It was just constant communication, of course, but in the phone, it's just podcast Queens. And I'm like, we're just the Queens of our kingdom. And it's amazing. And, and we decide we've had a handful of things on the, on the docket before we're like, well, this is kind of out of our routine or it's sort of out of our rhythms. And we're like, so it's ours. We (laughs) do what we want. We are in charge of ourselves. Right. Um, I know. I love it. Did you have anything to add to that, Lauren? Yeah. So for me, I came to it mostly from the standpoint of being like a documentary producer. Mm-hmm. So it was really amazing to work on something to a get in front and be talent where I'm very, very, very behind the scenes. And that's where I am most comfortable. Ah, wow. Um, but yeah. So to have something that the turnaround was so quickly, um, because making films, especially documentary films, can take a really long time. But for me, I came to the standpoint of, as a documentary film producer, I predominantly work with Black women directors. And I, you know, come from a place of, like, knowing your audience and being very specific about who your audience is and then making the personal universal. So having the opportunity to do that in something that had a really quick turnaround was really exciting for me yeah. to like unabashedly say like our audience is black women this is who the show is for and you know really project these ideas on a project that I could see come to fruition quickly it was really exciting totally I 
Um, I agree on all points. I work on some things. I'm a writer. And so like a book takes somewhere around 7,000 years from the first (laughs) word to publication. It's the slowest thing I do. And so I could not agree with you more that the pace of podcasting is so exciting and so flexible. Living a healthy life is far more than just losing weight, right? It's about developing habits that help you feel like your strongest, your most confident self. And I found a partner that guides me and cheers me on. And you've heard me talk about it. It's called Noom. Noom is not a diet. It's just this healthy and easy to stick to way of life. Noom is based in psychology. So it teaches you why you make the choices that you do, like what's under all of this. Um, Plus they arm you with all these tools to start replacing bad entrenched habits with better ones, just really one baby step at a time. Uh, My personal experience with Noom is that it's all these victories in my life that have nothing to do with the scale. That is why this is working for me. I feel so much better in my mind. I feel so much better in my body. I have more energy. I'm developing this muscle memory for confidence because I'm I'm seeing that it is possible to relearn and to begin making good choices for myself in a habitual way. So it's just a game changer for my mindset and then ultimately for my physical health. You can sign up for your absolutely free trial. So go to Noom. It's N-O-O-M. Noom.com slash for the love. So that is N-O-O-M.com slash for the love. Start making those like small manageable changes this very day. Noom.com slash for the love. Okay, guys, back to our show. Um, you guys have both sort of touched down on this, but I'd love to, I'd like to peel it back just a hand, a hand more. Um, identity and empowerment obviously play this huge central role in the conversation conversations you are having and hosting. Um, just this idea of taking power over your own life and saying, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. It's just so important for our growth. And so this is something you have stepped into in your own lives. You're living it in real time. I just would love to hear both of you talk about that a little bit more, um, kind of in two ways, kind of what it's like to, host that conversation as leaders and facilitators, and then also what it's like to live it as women? Mm. Um, (laughs) I mean, so I think it's twofold. It's like, sometimes we get a lot of times we get in the space and we really gas each other up and are like, girl, you're so beautiful and so intelligent. And, you know, it's really good to be affirmed by one of your closest friends so we feed off each each other's energy and, you know, feel really good about the work that we're doing in the space. Now, in my life life, I do think that I'm faking it till I make it. And some days I have really strong, powerful days where I'm just like, I am so amazing. I'm doing the right. things that I want to do in the world. And then some days I have the exact opposite where I just feel like confused and lost and I'm in a struggle to figure out like who I am. But, you know, in my personal life, I'm recognizing that both are just signs of my growth Mm -hmm. and my understanding of self. And like, it's, 
it's okay to have that balance. Like you can't right. have good days all the time. Of course. Um, so yeah, it's not, you know, it's really funny that like one of the episodes came out and I think we were talking about like confidence and how great we feel about each other. Mm-hmm. And I was literally like in bed in a deep mm. depression with like, actually I wasn't in bed. I was in my closet because I didn't oh. want to around the sun. And I was like listening to this episode and it's just like, yeah. This is hilarious. <laughs> yes. So real. I yes. really Me appreciate yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say that I, I've had less and less bad days in terms of like feeling like I feel more confident. I do. You know, like this podcast has really confirmed and affirmed a lot of me, you know, like because no one validated this for us, you know, like they they bought it, but like, you know, what validated it was people listening and connecting to it. And I feel like what has happened is I've spent so much of my life feeling small and feeling like I'm not worth anything Mm. and feeling like I'm not smart enough. Even when I've gotten myself to enormous heights, frankly, you know, like I, I, I keep thinking back and this is something that actually, Lauren said to me when we when we met in that restaurant for dinner when she totally did not tell me <laughs> she right like, um but what she said when I was like crying to her about where I was in my life and um not feeling good about it she told me to remember the ancestors which I kind of laughed at in the moment cuz it cuz ancestors sounds really funny <laughs> but okay. but what I took from it was you know, the power of my narrative, the power of where I come from. You know, I come from, I was born in Haiti to a 17-year-old mom. She had twins. I have a twin sister. You know, she was 17, twin, having twins in Haiti. We come to America. We're immigrants. We're Black. She doesn't speak English. My dad was there, but, you know, they were young, so it was. it, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's combative and it's unsettled. Um, and... I'm a television writer and I've worked with freaking amazing people and I've, yeah. I've gone through college and I paid off my own student debt. And I was just like, I got to a place where I was having these achievements, but I was still never happy and I was mm-hmm. still never proud of myself. And it was just like, you know, I really had to like face that self-hatred that wow, I've, I've like really, um, you know, I've nurtured over the years and and, you know, that's from watching, that's from watching other people. They kind of, they act like that. So I act like that. And I'm just like, um, this isn't serving me anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely exhausted. (laughs) And I'm just like, Mm. can I live a kind of life where I show that I am grateful for where I am? You know, like it is is living a life where I'm not confident, where I don't love myself, where nothing's ever enough, showing the universe, my life, myself, how Mm. grateful I am for how much I've fought, where I've come from. I'm like crying right now because I'm Mm. so emotional and I don't know why. (laughs) That's just so powerful. Yeah. I have goosebumps. Yes, but that's how Lauren made me feel. She was like, remember your ancestors, remember where you came from. I'm just like, I'm a powerful woman. Yes. I do not have to live this life where I hate myself and I'm never confident and I never acknowledge what I've accomplished. I'm sick of it. I'm literally exhausted and it's literally killing me. (laughs) Like I'm so, and I was just like, 
you know, it's it's ta- it's been little by little. It did not happen overnight. It has not happened overnight. It's I'm not there yet, but every day I'm a little bit more grateful. Every day I'm a little bit more present and in the moment and can enjoy the things that I've done and where I've come from. Every day I get a little bit more validation from the inside and not from the outside. You know, like so it's just work, dude. <laughs> I'm just yes. like I'm exhausted. And I'm I'm like really trying to I want in five years for for my life to be filled with things like the podcast, with friendships like Lauren, with people that build you up and you know, and not experiences that take me down. You know, it's just like it's just um it's just a small gradual process. But 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 I do feel like it's coming from the inside out, you know, mm. like you're watching someone. I mean, you're watching me like really be intentional about my life. Like if I'm going to be here, if I'm going to enjoy it, I'm going to have to good. do it that I want to do it. <laughs> you know, that's so good. Thank yeah. you so much for saying that. That was really strong. And <laughs> I just, I just learned yeah. from that. That was instructive for me. Uh, we I needed to, to hear that. that. Yes, right. That's your girl. Did you guys tell how mad I am? I'm like super over it. <laughs> I'm like really over it. I'm like I'm done. I'm I want to live my a good life now. But that matters that you're saying that. I just yeah. that is a that's a powerful understanding and recognition that we choose it. Like we literally choose to hate ourselves or not. We literally right. choose to be proud and stand up strong and create the life and the world that we want to live in. And I just, I lead women too. And this is a refrain. I hear all the time that so many women feel like life is just happening to them. Yeah, And, and I, that that's a lie. Yep. I want to caution to say it's a choice because when society also reflects that back on you, Ooh, yes, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. so hard to yes. think that it's, it's, it you're doesn't feel like gaslit. a choice. Yeah. You're being gaslit to think that you're like not smart, less not than, or you're, you're not worthy or you're not deserving. And it's yeah. so, it, it is much easier to subscribe to that narrative than to find the strength. Okay. Like I always say that like, racism is so powerful because it'll have you believe that you are less than than analyze a system. Like I remember constantly getting, you know, not getting the right title at jobs in which I was mm. doing the same job as the person before me. Yeah. Right. And I would always blame it on my age or like my, my mm. lack of experience or, yeah. you know, the way that I dress. And it was always a self critique on me instead of being like, no, Yes. This is a system. I am doing the exact same job of the exact same level as the person who was here before me. There's nothing that's changed about this job description, mm. except they were a director and I was a manager. Right. And it takes a lot to be like, I am more powerful. Mm. I have more value and I've got to find that value with inside of myself mm. than thinking that I'm going to be affirmed from a system whose yeah. whole structure is to like keep me down. That's right. And, and they have no inci- incentive not to. Exactly. Right. Right now, the way that the system is happening, it's like there's less and less incentive because you have things like Me Too. You have things like people being called out for being criminals or for just like I think more and more we're building a culture of respect. But either Mm -hmm. way, we're, we're doing it very slowly. And, you know, it's it's taking people speaking up. 
um, to, to make it so that we all don't feel gaslit. <laughs> we all yeah. feel like we're crazy yeah. for wanting to be treated like people. Yeah. And that is going back to what you said earlier, which is a lot of the heavy lifting that your show is doing for not just yourselves, but for your listeners, which is that, that honest and truthful reflection, like, no, that was a lie. Or no, yeah. that was not you. That is a corrupted, corroded system that has just operated like this since its inception. I want to acknowledge that that is some heavy work that you're doing and not without just taking a toll. And that that's a, it's a daily fight for you. And I see it and I really respect it. And, um, uh, and I, I realized that in order for you to choose joy and happiness and contentment in who you are and in the lives you're building, it's double the work. It's mm-hmm. double the work to overcome the, the other external messages. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, is. yeah. That's what it is. Um, and I, I do feel like it's, um, I feel like we're all doing it though. I, I feel like, you know, Lauren and I are doing it and I'm, we're glad to throw our hats in the ring. I feel like other people are doing it. And I feel like more and more people are understanding how important and urgent the work is because I I feel like the thing, the thing that's crazy about racist systems is how blind the people that benefit to it are to how it destroys them too. Exactly. You know, I'm just like, we're destroying a whole country. That's right. <laughs> like we're, we're that's destroying right. a democracy. We're not just destroying, you're not just... You're not just like making it hard for somebody to, you know, you know, get a job or feel safe in the world. You know, you're you're othering these people, these immigrants that you you're saying are the enemy, these black people that you say are the enemy, That's these right. Muslims that you say are the enemy. Yeah. But what you're really doing is being the actual enemy. Yeah, <laughs> right. What you're doing is destroying a culture of respect, yes. a culture of safety. You're destroying possibility for people. Yeah. I you know, and one of the reasons I'm so passionate about it is I'm a literal American dream. Yeah, <laughs> you really are. I'm from Haiti. The poster girl. I'm the poster girl. I know the potential of this country. And it's just okay. like you're ruining it. <laughs> you're, you're removing yourself from connection to humanity. And I don't think that people realize how essential it is to have other people, to have other experiences of life within your world. It only enriches you. That's exactly And it's, yeah. culture of scarcity instead of generosity, instead of abundance. You have plenty. There's nothing to be crazy about. It's It's so true. There's plenty for all of us. You're telling the truth. White supremacy is such a scourge. And it's so rooted. And it's so stubborn and it operates for white people so invisibly, of course. And so pulling up that thorn by its root is it, it, it will never happen organically. It takes oh. work. It, it, ha- it has to be intentional. Um, there has to be admission and then ultimately repentance for it and repair. And what you're saying is just the truest thing in the world, which is it's not just a scourge on people of color. It's on all of us. I mean, so we all to. lose. We are silencing innovation. We are silencing possibility and potential and collaboration. I mean, what could we be doing if we, everybody right? is operating at full capacity? I'm banging the drum with you. And I appreciate your really, like, just clarity and your direct 
conversation about this. And I know that your podcast is for black women, but I am hoping to bring a ton of white women to your listening room. So don't be mad about it. And all of a sudden, <laughs> no. y'all's feed is just filled with a bunch of It's for everybody. <laughs> it's for, it's, this is the for thing. Real? It's for everyone, but black women will be able to listen to this and have like a, a, a deeper sense of recognition and know that it was made with them in mind. And that's not a thing that everyone can enjoy. Like, I love the example of growing up. I love the book and the movie, The Outsiders. Yeah. I'm not a little white boy greaser, right. you know, but I could love the story and yeah. learn from their experiences. And I feel that a lot of times with media, we've been forced to look at the world through like a white male gaze sure. instead of other points of view that are just as specific and just as, you know, beautiful and nourishing and it's it's something for everyone to enjoy but another audience can take a little bit something more out of it so that's great men have have messaged us saying i know i'm not supposed to listen to this but i'm oh yeah (laughs) and i'm learning a lot and white people are messaging us like i know i'm not supposed to listen to this and it's just like secret secret everyone (laughs) can listen to this (laughs) yeah that's cute yeah. That's so cute. Um, so let's see. What's next for you guys? Do you have any secrets you can share? What are you building? What are you dreaming up right now? Ooh. Um, Lauren knows this. I'm gonna release a comedy album. It's gonna be my it's my first stand-up album. It's available widely on October 1st. It'll be on Yay. Spotify and iTunes and literally everywhere. So I'm very excited and proud of that. Good for you. What's it called? It's called karate. <laughs> so good. Everywhere. Oh my gosh, that's really exciting. Um, okay, how about yeah, you, Lauren? We're just gearing up for season two of the podcast, too, right. which, you know, we'll start recording soon. So that's like, you know, a really big thing in my life that I'm really excited about. That's great. Thanks for letting us know that. I'll make sure that we've got all the links to that. Guys, we're taking the For the Love podcast on the road. Yes, all the incredible guests and interesting topics that you love on the For the Love podcast will now be part of a live podcast event in a city near you. Woo! And of course, I will be your host and interviewer for the evening. We're going to have different, absolutely top-notch guests in every city. And we'll be taking questions from the audience as well. You do not want to miss this super fun event, which includes my interview with a tip top author or artist or celebrity that you know and love guaranteed and a special message from yours truly to wrap up the night. So to find out about tickets or find out about our VIP ticket experience, fancy, just go to jenhatmaker.com and click the speaking button at the top of the page. And it will take you to all the dates and the guests so you can purchase your tickets for you, for your friends, for everyone that you love. Be sure to visit jenhatmaker.com to get your tickets to the live podcast tour sponsored by BetterHelp. Get them today. See you there. Okay, let's go to wrap this up. Uh, these are questions that we're asking all of our guests in the podcast series. What's either your favorite or maybe the most 
profound or meaningful or personal, I don't really know what the word is, but thing that you've learned from doing your show? I've learned, you know, I've never worked this collaboratively, you know, with people. I usually tend to be very like on my own, you know? (laughs) Um, And I've really learned to trust people. I've really learned that other people have sometimes have better ideas than I do. Mm-hmm. I, it's been an ego check a lot of the time that ah, I didn't know I'd have to do. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know I had an ego. And then I was like, oh God, I should chill and listen and <laughs> trust that people have good mm-hmm. ideas and that they're smart and that they care about this as much as I do. And I've learned that to not be too much of a perfectionist about this, to let mm-hmm. things, to let people see the imperfect, you know, yeah. like, you know, there have been some episodes that I've like, I want to re-record this <laughs> and we can't, yeah. you know, yeah. time, yeah. you know, and I'm just like, our audience is just going to have to trust us that, you know, this is, this is the best thing we did at the time. And, you know, sure. I I mean, I, I feel like it's going to be an ongoing process of learning, of self-reflection. Mm. Um, but I've also learned that I like this a lot, that I like right. this way, that I like being my own boss to a certain extent, that I like not having all these people note this, only the people that work on it note it, (laughs) you know, like Mm -hmm. it's not a bunch of executives and people who aren't literally doing the day-to-day work of this who get a say, you know, and I, and I love that and I want to do more of that. Yeah. Love it. How about you, Lauren? Yeah. I've just learned that it's a process and to trust the process and that you're not going to be you know, I, like Sharla said, I'm also a perfectionist. So to come out of the gate and wanting to be perfect, but recognizing that we're learning this, like we've never hosted a podcast before. So there are going to be like stumbles in the road and to not beat myself up about that. And just to be like, this is a process and I'm learning and I just need to sit back and chill and also like watch it unfold and just be a part of the process. So that's the biggest, that's one of the biggest takeaways for me. It's just to like be in, it's okay to be in process and to not be at an end result. Like even just yesterday, I was like, oh, we often compare ourselves to where someone is right now instead of where they started in the beginning. Yeah. And just to recognize that we're in that we're in the beginning and it's Mm. a process of growth. That's so good. I mean, honestly, when I go back, I cannot even hardly listen to my first handful of episodes. <laughs> it's I'm I'm so wound up. I'm like Jen Hatmaker, take it down about five notches. <laughs> you're just learning, you know. Yeah, you, don't, you are. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know it until you try it on. And so, what I have discovered, and I th- I bet you have too, is that when you are committed to bringing quality content in whatever direction you're going to your audience, they're pretty forgiving on -hmm. some of the minutia. They're pretty generous when it comes to, well, that sound was a disaster or you're weird today or whatever. (laughs) But, you know, as long as what they're coming to you for is kind of this consistent, steady diet of nourishing material and inspiring guests and important conversations, it doesn't matter. It really yeah. doesn't matter. I think actually some of the imperfections make it more um, accessible, not less. And so, um, okay, you guys, here's our very last question. And we actually ask every guest in every series this question. It's, this is also from an author that I love. Her name is Barbara Brown Taylor. You can answer this however you want. It can be serious or not. Uh, she always asks, what's saving your life right now? Um, a couple of things are saving my life right now. 
Um, I started journaling. Yeah. Again, a Lauren recommendation that I didn't listen to and later <laughs> found great release and catharsis in. Um, I started doing a lot of yoga, oh. meditating more. I started just exercising more. I've started, I've, I've, do, I've been doing a lot of self-reflection, a lot of saying no when I don't want to do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Amen. A lot of, yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of thinking with an abundance mindset instead, instead of yep. a scarcity one, yep. um, a lot less fear-based decision-making, um, a lot of, a lot more trusting myself. So all those things have been really, really saving me. Mm, those are great practices. That, that made me feel calm just listening to you listen. <laughs> <laughs> and Lauren? And like Charlotte, a couple of things are saving my life. Journaling has, you know, been saving my life for like the last two years. I journal every day, sometimes wow. multiple times a day, just to get thoughts out of my head on the page. So journaling has been saving my life. And also being in water, you know, yeah. I've been like, driving and going to lakes and swimming. And I've been finding that very like cleansing or just taking a bath at night, but being submerged in water and just taking the time to like not think and be present Mm -hmm. in my body, um, has really been, been saving me. Mm. Have you guys read the book blue mind? No. Okay. No. Just write it, jot it down. It's, it's literally the power of water on our minds, okay. on our mental health, on our Ooh. emotional health. It's really profoundly interesting. And and they said too, it could, whatever, pick your water. It could be a lake, a river, mm-hmm. it could be a bathtub. Um, <laughs> water is like really, really powerful That's on, crazy. Our, on our well being. So you're, you're onto something. Um, okay. Will you guys just quickly tell my listeners where to find you? I'm Sharla, and you can find me at Sharla Larriston across all platforms. And I'm Lauren, and you can just find me on all of the Secret Lives of Black Women platforms. So you can listen to the podcast. We're out every Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. So Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, um, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. A new episode drops every Thursday, and you can find us on social media at the SLBW. Awesome. And if you guys want to just drop straight into the deep end with these girls, just go listen to their sex episode. It is, <laughs> they, just, they went for it. You guys, oh they went for it. Um, <laughs> hey, I just want to say that I'm really proud to have met you and proud of what you're putting out into the world. And I'm learning from you. And um, I really acknowledge um, what it is that you are creating and it's amazing potential for freedom and for flourishing. And I'm really, really glad to introduce you to my audience. And so just know that I'm cheering you on from my corner of the world and anything I can ever do to support your work or, um, uh, advance your work or elevate your work. I'd love to do it. So thanks Thank for being so on my much. show today. Really Thank appreciate you so it. so much, Jen. We really appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. this was great. It was great. You guys. Thanks. All right. Have Bye. a good one. <laughs> Bye. Okay. So I tried to tell you that we were not messing around today. We were just going to go all in, right? So these are the kind of leaders we need right now. And I am so happy to introduce you to them. Uh, do go over immediately and subscribe to their podcast. 
and be prepared to hear some really powerful stuff from their community, from their perspective. I am, I'm thrilled to know them and so happy that you know them too. So we've got so many great guests in this series, you guys. We're interviewing podcasters that are, in my opinion, putting out some of the most relevant creative content right now. I also, like both of these women, do not buy into the lie of scarcity at all. Somebody asked me recently, um, why are you going to do a series on podcasts? Like, don't you just want people to love your podcast? I'm like, that is crazy. I don't operate in the world like that at all. I'm proud actually to work in a field alongside so many other very smart and capable and talented people. And I'm telling you, there is enough to go around. There always has been, there always will be. I do not operate out of a scarcity mentality. So the answer is no. Of course, I'm not scared to put new leaders in front of you. I hope that you will learn from them and love them as much as I do. It's just a great time to be alive, Um, to be able to lead next to people who maybe 20 years ago wouldn't have had this mechanism to get their wisdom into our ears. Here, here for the era of podcasting. Um, It's just opened up so much for so many of us. Um, What we are exposed to in conversations, we now have all this access to. It's exciting. I love it. Now, speaking of opening ourselves up to new things and new conversations, have I mentioned that I have my very own book club? I do. You know how much I love books and talking about them and talking to the people that write them and talking to people who love them. Um, I mean, have you ever just read an amazing book and wished someone else had read it too so you could talk to them about it right that second? Well, wish no more, my dearies. Uh, We have a whole slew of people just like you in the Jen Hatmaker Book Club already. And I am not kidding. It is so much fun. We are having the greatest time. So here's what it is. Every single month, I feature a book that has caught my heart and my mind in some way. Uh, it's actually across all types of genres. We've got fiction and nonfiction, biographies, short stories, really anything. If I love it, you're going to hear about it. That's the rule. So as a member, you get the book, you get chapter summaries, you get reading plans, you get all these beautiful digital resources, weekly group discussions, character guides, and more. There's more than that you get a box every single month with something special in it. Also, we've made a space where you can instantly connect with the thousands of other book nerds like us who are reading the same book inside the club. As a member, you get access to our private Jen Hatmaker Book Club Facebook group um, where you can compare notes about where you laughed and cried every single day. The discussion over there is so robust and so fun and just so full of life every single day. Um, also get this over in our Facebook page, we do a Facebook live, um, every single month just for book club members. Um, I lead it. I sometimes have book club members join me. They came to my house last month and we recorded together and we sort of discuss where we're at, um, in the book. And if that wasn't enough, you also get access to this exclusive podcast where I talk to the author of the book we're reading. And this is completely separate from this podcast here. It's a private dedicated podcast just for the book club. And it has been such a delight to get to talk to these authors that we have fallen in love with, um, especially with their book, their characters, their storylines, everything. We're not messing around over here with this book club. It is, you get so much bang for your buck. You get all of this 
for $29.99 a month. This is an investment in you and in something that you love. Um, That's the book plus all these amazing extras just for being a part of our fun club. So here's what you do. Join us. Join us. You will not regret it. Head on over to jenhatmakerbookclub.com and sign up today so you can be a part of the next scheduled book. Okay, you've got time to get in for the next one. Cannot wait to talk about it. It is so good. So it's jenhatmakerbookclub.com. Easy as that. Join us. I cannot wait to welcome you into this amazing squad. So guys, thanks for being with us today. We are going to have absolutely more great podcast people heading your way next week. Um, And my own amazing podcast team and I are thrilled to do this work for you. So on behalf of Laura, our producer, and Amanda, my assistant, and all the teams that bring this to your eardrums every single week, we love you. We're grateful for you and happy, happy, happy to do this work. All right, guys. See you next week. That's it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed this chat. Be sure to subscribe to my mom's podcast and give it a thumbs up rating if you like it. From the whole Hatmaker family, I hope you have a great week and see you next time.